Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Welcome to another episode of the Sales IQ Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and as always, I'm pumped honored and excited that you've joined us for what will be a cracking episode. This week, we're joined by Brad Sugars, founder of Action Coaching, the world's largest coaching business. Brad is also an author of multiple books around business and personal development. So this will be a cracking episode, and we'll also talk to Brad about his journey in business, coaching, and personal development. Before we get into today's episode, loving the messages, we are getting some insane messages, and I'm also loving the email that we're getting of you know who we should get on as guests. So continue um, sharing the love because I'm really humbled and I'm absolute love receiving the messages from you all. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn and also we're going to start pushing a few more uh, social channels. So I'll share those with you as we progress through that journey. So guys, you know, take some time to really enjoy this episode because I got a lot out of it and I know you will. Brad, really excited. Thank you for coming on the Sales IQ podcast, man. Hey, Luigi. It's great to be here, my friend. Ah, oh, fantastic. We're really looking forward to this. I'm just wondering why it took you so long to get me on here. That's, that's the question I'm worried about. You're a hard man to catch, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're super excited. And, you know, we're going to talk today about some key strategies to, to build and, and, and drive and scale and grow a pipeline and a business. So, but before we uh-huh. get into that particular um, subject, would love to know a bit more about you know how you got started in the in the in the world of, of business and sales. Yeah, look, I, I think you know I fell into sales as a young man, and uh, uh, the first thing I really remember selling was newspaper advertising, and uh, I was selling it to nightclubs and bars uh, while I was a young man in college. So that was sort of the first real sales sales job, and knocking doors, making calls, finding yeah. names, doing that stuff, and just grinding out the sales numbers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the biggest thing that helped me back then is I just didn't have any fear around it. I just didn't realize that you were supposed to be scared of this thing called selling. I thought just yeah. talking to people was just a natural thing. And so uh, that's really the way it worked for me. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I've been a salesman all my life. Just these days, I sell a little bit more bigger ticket items than, <laughs> than the little ones. So that's pretty much the way it works. Yeah, awesome. And because when we talk about like um, you founded, you know, Action Coaching, which is, you know, a global, when we say global brand now, it's in what, over 70 countries around the world, over a thousand Yeah, we just opened, just opened in Russia. So that's number 78 for us. Whoa. Coaching business owners in Russia is kind of cool. That is insane, and you've also got a number of other sort of business models that you're you've scaled global in such a short period of time. So you've obviously mm. got a real recipe that enables you to achieve success. What 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 inspired you to create Action Coaching in the first place? Well, Action Coach was, uh, I mean, to say it was say it was something that we sat down and thought through. It wasn't really the case. Action Coach was created basically on accident. Um, <laughs> you know, there was I was doing business and people ask me, would you come and speak? We want to know how a young man succeeded in business. And so oh, I don't go and speak. 
Yeah. And from speaking at the end of the, every session, at the end of every session, someone would always come over and say, hey, I, I get what you're saying. Can you help me? Can you work one-on-one with me? And I was like, I, I, no, I don't have the time. I'm running my own business. I'm doing my own thing, and I'm doing a few of these speeches. It keeps me real busy. And uh, eventually I just got to the point where, you know, you know when you get asked enough times for something, you go, maybe I should actually sell that. You know, that's <laughs> that was sort of the situation. And, and I guess that too often, you know, we get crazy and we don't sell what people keep asking for us to sell them. It's like, hang on, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do. <laughs> so I sat down and worked out how to make a business out of it. And uh, here we are 26 years later. Wow. Uh, yeah, 26 years of teaching business owners around the world and uh, still doing it today. And my latest is, what, book number 17 on that yeah. subject. So wow. uh, I'm kind of enjoying it still. I did take a bit of a few years off there in the middle of teaching and just kept running my own companies because still today I still run nine businesses uh, that I own or own a majority share in. And, uh, yeah, so that still keeps me busy. Wow. And were you exposed to, you know, that entrepreneurial business side of things growing up or was it just something that you fell into? No, it wasn't. Uh, my dad worked, uh, he was, he started out as an accountant for a very large piping company, ended up running the company. Yeah. Um, he did a great job at doing that. And then he retired in his mid forties, got the golden handshake and oh. thought, okay, I'm out. Oh. And, uh, so it was like, okay, then he started his own business. But by the time he started his own business, I'd already been in business for myself. So yeah. it was kind of like, you know, I, I sometimes say, you know, Dad, you realize you wouldn't have been in business for yourself if I didn't teach you that. <laughs> he, he laughs, of course, but, you know, it's serious. It's serious, Dad, if you ever listen to this one. I'm, <laughs> I got him there. Yeah, that's insane. So, and, and tell me, like, obviously, because, you know, we live in a world where social media can create a perception of success, right? And. Uh-huh. And, and, and I love, like, you you really put this out, and I love it. You, you, you put a lot of messages out about be careful who you take advice from, right? Um, and I think that's critical because, like, with, with social, anyone can look like they know what they're talking about and they've reached that successful, you know, they're that domain expert in a particular area. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd love to understand sort of in your, in your world of growing because you've had 26 years overnight success, right? <laughs> it's been a long time for you to get to that point of success and you, you, mm. you worked extremely hard. What were some of the learnings you took early in your journey that, you know, you could give to people to say, hey, you know, this is what I learned early and this is what I would, you know, definitely focus on if you're trying to grow, scale your business slash pipeline? You know, look, you know, firstly, let's deal with it from a personal point of view, because I think the first thing you have to learn is that you are your product. Yeah. And until you work on you, it doesn't matter how good your product or service is. People buy from people they like. People buy from people they know, like, and trust. You know, all of those old sayings yeah. are still true today. And so who you are as a person and how much knowledge you gain yourself, your reading, your study, the, the podcasts, and all these things. So everyone listening in if this is your first one with luigi make sure you subscribe but you know until you get it that you can't out earn your learning you're never gonna you know overperform. i see people who want to make more money but they're not willing to keep learning and learn the learning work is the hardest work of success success is actually relatively easy once you learn how the question is are you willing to put in the time energy and effort to learn how to do the study to do the reading and and meet the mentors and get the coaches and all of that sort of stuff that'll get you there yeah 
you know, I sat down and, and like my latest book, Pulling Profits Out of a Hat, it literally took two years to develop that, that book and to test the theories and all that. My, one of my first, uh, I think it was my third or fourth book, The Business Coach, we'd literally coached 13,000 companies to success before I wrote that book. These days, Action Coach coaches somewhere in the vicinity of 18,000 clients a week and uh, more than a quarter of a million a month in our group programs. Um, and, and so that's sort of sitting there and thinking, how do you do that? Well, yeah, you got to watch where you're going to learn from. But I always had a theory and, and, you know, I grew up in Australia, as you know, and I'd be down at Dimmick's bookstore once a week and I didn't, people were like, which book did you pick? I don't know, the one that stood out for me that week. And I just picked a book a week and made sure that every Thursday night I grabbed another book and yeah. I kept reading and kept studying. So I think that's the, the personal side is that. I think from a business perspective, some of the things I learned is that, and, and this is more later in life that I've realized this, but I, I sort of understood it a bit better when I was younger, is that the business model that you create is generally going to be the determining factor in the scale of the business. Mm. Um, you know, when I look at, so if, if you take Pulling Profits Out of a Hat, the newest book, we broke yep. it down to five, five. disciplines. Yep. And one of them is the strategy of the business. And, yeah. and to say that the majority of businesses, their strategy is fundamentally flawed on day one is exactly true. And I know this because even with Action Coach on day one, I was fundamentally flawed. The business model was not a good business model. Mm -hmm. It was Brad Sugars on the road, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, in the first two years, I actually did more than 200 speaking events in more than 200 flights, 200 room nights in hotels, for two years running Whoa. and I got to the end of it and I went, this is just stupid. This is not a business. My other businesses were easier than this. Why yeah. am I burning? You know, I'm, I'm killing myself doing this stuff. And so I had to change the business model. And it was when I did that, that actually we started expansion through uh, Asia, through America and Canada. And now, as you, as you mentioned, we're in over 70 countries doing yeah. this stuff. So, um, and, and our other businesses, because I understand business modeling now, our other businesses, you know, engage and grow. You look at that over 50 countries in three years. So it's, it's yes, the model that you use. And that's where I want people to understand that that business strategy is of vital importance. Yeah. And that's insane, you know, engage and grow. And even, you know, uh, the bucket list with, with Travis, um, that's mm. already going nuts. You know, I see that on my feed and, and uh, Travis is uh, running all over the place, which is fantastic. So, you know, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I saw him training new coaches in Costa Rica the other day, and it's <laughs> like, that's kind of cool. And, I, you know, here he is. Because Travis came to speak for me at a conference in South Africa about two years ago, maybe. Yeah. Maybe three, two years. I think two years ago. And so now we have a business that's operating in 20-something countries, and, and he's doing a phenomenal job. He's... he's uh, yeah, he's a great CEO of a great little company. And, yeah, uh, it'll be a great, massive company in the very near future. It's, yeah. But I think that, you know, what, what people need to understand, and, and this is true for every salesperson or every entrepreneur, is that the, the I, I use the word leverage to describe, and I invented a board game called leverage. But leverage for me, when I first learned it, it was, it was the mathematical formula of divide to multiply, and it sort of made sense to me, but I didn't really understand it. So now when I teach leverage, I use the formula of do the work once, get paid forever, or at least long term. Yeah. And when you look at leverage, you start to see that most businesses are fundamentally flawed. 
they make a sale once and the customer goes away and they hope they come back again. Yeah. A, a serious business is one where the customer signs up and pays you money every month for the rest of life. You know, a, a real business is where there is repeat business. You know, people say, why do you write books? Well, I write books because I write them one time. I get paid forever, not to mention I love teaching. And so yeah. they're a great way of teaching. Why do I invest in real estate? Same reason. You know, you buy the house once, people pay you rent forever. Mm. You know, why do I build businesses? I build a business one time. I create a business that works without me uh, and I get paid forever. You know, that's that's ultimately the key to me. I mean, I run nine companies. I work uh, two days a week uh, at this point. I work six hours a day. So I'm 12 hours a week. I run nine companies. It's, it's pretty good effort. Wow. Man, you've really got that whole Tim Ferriss, you know, what is it, the four-hour work week? Um, you know. yeah, I'm not sure the four-hour work week would keep me happy enough. I just did a 10-day digital detox family vacation. I think four hours a week might drive me a little, a little fatty. I kind of need a little more than that. But, you know, I think something you touched on earlier was really important. And um, the more and more I look at, you know, I've been researching, you know, high-performing salespeople, right? And they exhibit so many similar characteristics. And one of the things you touched on, you went to Dimux. And um, I'm, you know, big book fan. And uh, we'll touch upon your book in a moment because I think it's a brilliant book. I love the, the, the simplicity of it, the pictures. Uh, it's very, very engaging, right? Um, but we'll go back to, you know, when you were going to Dimexic stuff. Um, the fact that you were seeking out information, knowledge, how important is that in your journey in, in building? And, 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 and do you still, given that you've, you've achieved, you know, if someone was to define success, you'd be at that point of, you know, that is a definition of success, right? Are you still looking for knowledge even now? Every day. Yeah. Every day. You know, I, I, at the moment, like uh, I, I, I'm sitting here reading. I got two books sitting right in front of me right now. One of them, someone sent it to me because they wrote the book and they want me to endorse it. The other one is a good buddy. Of my, actually, that was sent to me too. A good buddy of mine, John Asraf, wrote in a Oh, John Asraf. Um, yeah, man. He's, he's- yeah, and, and so, you know, I sit there and I read every day, but I also watch a lot of video. Uh, you know, I'm studying a ton right now on, on uh, click funnel building. Uh, yeah. I'm studying it again because it's changed dramatically over the last few years, you know. See, most people on your podcast, Luigi, they're not old enough to remember when we used to do infomercials, but I used to build infomercials and do that stuff on TV. Yeah. And now I build click funnels. And someone said to me the other day something that I thought was kind of stupid when they asked it, but I was like, you know what? I, I understand why they asked. They said, well, hang on, you must have someone. And it's true. I have people on my team and I have companies that we employ to do the click funneling. And they said, why are you studying click funneling? Real simple. If I don't study it, how do I ask the right questions of the people who work for me? How do I even know what to ask them? How do I even understand enough to even hire the right person to ask the questions of? Yeah. So that to me is important to, to always be learning. I think, um, you know, the reality of growing a business is that a, a business is never grown like a tree is never grown. You know, it's got to yeah. keep growing. If it doesn't keep growing, it starts dying. The same is true for uh, every type of business on the planet. And mm. so for me, I, I keep sitting back and looking at it thinking, okay, if, if I'm not willing to learn and if I'm not willing to grow, then why should my people be willing to grow? Why do they need to? And 
if you want to build a great business, you've got to build great people. There's, there's no other way to build a great business. There's no magic formula to, to build a great business. There is systematic methodologies by which if you follow them the same way I follow, the same way our clients around the world follow them, you will create a great business. Mm. But you know, you got to learn that methodology first, yeah. I guess. You know, you've touched on something really important, I think, Brad, and, and is that there is no secret formula there is essentially you know hard work learning what that methodology is and then continuing to find the way to master that methodology the funny thing about every secret and the funny thing about every business secret is it's in a book <laughs> so it's not really a secret anymore <laughs> yeah. so i always 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 love that when people say oh, tell us your secrets to success well i've written 17 <laughs> books not secrets anymore <laughs> yeah, but you know, like you talk about click funnels, right? And I'm, I'm a big, I love it. Like I actually love click funnels and Branson and all that sort of stuff. That you know, that these guys are the masters of it, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm on the online. I'm like, oh, and, and then somebody will put this great post up. It's like, you know what? Learn how to 10x your business overnight, right? Or whatever the message is, and you click it, and you're wow. like, man, there is no substance behind this. You know, I don't want to like, and I think, and I click because I actually like to see sort of what's the message you're putting out there. You know, I say this because I'm a sales professional, man. Like, you know, I grew up breaking my bones selling. I did door-to-door, call center, you know, got told to fuck off. Like, you know, banging on doors, Brad. You know, you probably <laughs> appreciate that. Back in the day, we had no social. So, but I say this, if I could have found a, a corner to cut to get the outcome, and I'm not saying, you know, unethically, like if I could skip a step in the process, I would, right? But I quickly mm. learned that, Man, if I skip a step, it was it was actually doing me more harm than good, because I'd, I'd meet someone they're like, oh, they're keen, so I'll just go straight to advocate. I'd skip the whole. Let me understand why. You know, I'd skip the whole discovery piece, and it was doing me more harm than good. Right? You know, you you spoke about that that mindset, that focus. Um, you know, for those people out there that are looking for the for the easy wins, what's some advice you can give them? Well, you can't shortcut a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh, dude I'm going to post that I'm going to, I'm going to create a grab of it I'm going to put takes, you can't post yeah that's good <laughs> you can't shortcut the shortcut it takes 10 years to build financial success why several reasons one is it takes a long time to learn it so you got to learn it first and then you got to apply it you got to do it sort of thing economic cycles take about 10 years as well yeah. And yeah, look, there is 100%, I agree with you, a lot of the stuff I see online, there's just not much substance to mm. it. And, you know, I'm pretty happy. I put it out there in books. It's right there. There it is. That's what I teach. If you think it's great, fantastic. If you don't, then, then it was 20 bucks. Good luck. <laughs> you know, but the, the, the point of it is that, yeah, you got to look at who you're learning from, but I learned a ton from people who didn't really teach me much more than one thing. Mm. And so if I got the one thing I needed from that person, then it led me to the next learning and the next learning and the next learning. It kept me going. There were some books that I bought and I spent 20 bucks on. I was like, dang, the best thing that book could do for me is be a coaster for the next drink. That's about <laughs> as good as it was. But hey, I'm still reading more than the next guy, which keeps me ahead of the next guy. You know what I yeah. mean? It's it's one of those things. And I think is, it doesn't matter what level of success you're at. It's the ability to understand that for you to get to the next level, there needs to be more knowledge. Yeah, You're not going to get to the next level on the current knowledge base. 
And so I teach a, a very simplistic formula, and it is dream, goal, learn, plan, act. So dreams is where it starts. Dreams multiplied by goals. Uh, then because so if you turn your dreams into goals, your goals then have to be turned into a learning. Yeah. So what do I need to learn? Because people go and write all of these wonderful goals, and and you say, well, okay, what do you need to know to achieve that goal? And because writing a goal will not achieve you the next round of success. Writing the goal will, you know, it'll tell you what you need to learn to get the next round of success. And it, it annoys me that people think, oh, I've just got to write a goal. They read the book, The Secret, and they go, oh, no, if I just sit on a hill and own my way to success. No, it doesn't ever work that way. Come on. Yeah. The, the shortcut is a wonderful thing. It's called read a book. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's the shortcut. If you find successful people and they've been willing to write down and put into a book how they got there or they've been willing to go on a podcast and teach exactly how they got what they got and how they got there, and fantastic. You are leapfrogging dozens and dozens and dozens of people who couldn't be bothered to listen to yeah. the podcast, who couldn't be bothered to read the book. Uh, and, and, you know, I have to be very blunt about this fact. The arrogance of thinking we know what we need to do is the killer. I mean, the, the gap between today's success and tomorrow's success is new knowledge. It's, it just is. And, you know, that's probably the simplest way I can put it. It's not just yours. It's all of the people on your team. Yeah. You know, it's the people on your team got to keep learning too. Yeah, it's such an interesting philosophy, and I, you know what, you're like, this is a real get the fish out and smack people in the face, right? Because there's so many things that you're talking about, and doesn't matter how, like, you know, how high you get or what you're achieving, there's always that extra one percent. And I, and I've got a great story. I met with one of my clients last week, and you know, they had one of their sales team members number one, and by far, she smashed it, Brad. Like, you look at her, you know, uh -huh. the amount of units sales was incredible. Man, she sat me down and she's looking at the team's sort of numbers, right? The first thing she said to me, she's like, tell me why this guy got more yield per sale than me. Because <laughs> she goes, I'm looking back at my units. If I get extra more, if I got this much more yield per sale over these units, I would have made this much more um, revenue and this much more commission, <laughs> right? Now, she was number one by, you know, by far. And so her mentality was like, I'm not looking at, Number one, I'm looking at why didn't I do more? Well, she's, she's looking at it as simple. There's a way to measure yourself, and that is PBs, yep. personal bests. Sporting people do it all the time. Yep. People in business, if you're not trying to beat one of your personal bests every week, then you're falling backwards. Mm. You don't just try and beat your total gross sales numbers. You got to beat a personal best. What's your personal best number of referrals in a week? What's your personal best number of conversion rate from lead to in the pipe each week mm. type thing? What's your personal best number of, uh, you know, uh, as she just said, you know, value of each sale is, is an important one. So, yeah. I always sit down and break it down into where can you break up uh, the sale into the simplest minute part. Like I own a restaurant here in Las Vegas. And one of the things we do is we measure all of our staff on the sales of every single part of the dining experience. So you're going to get measured on water sales. You're going to get measured on bread sales. You're going to get measured on dessert sales. You're going to get measured on cocktails, beer, wine, yeah. uh, wine flights, red wine, white wine, what are you selling and what are you not selling? We want to see what you're not selling and what you are selling well. 
If you're selling something brilliantly well, we want you teaching everybody else on the team how to do that. If you're missing it, then we want you learning from the person who's best at that. We have one young gal, she sold dessert to every single table. She was new to us and she sold dessert to every single table. And we're like, okay, there's, there's something weird here. How, we need to watch what she's doing. Yeah. And we sat down, we watched what she's doing and her methodology of selling dessert was so far in advance of everybody else's. It was like, all right, let's train everyone else in this. And boom, we're getting everyone else selling 60, 70% of the audience desserts. I mean, yeah. you got to learn, you got to break it down. But that if you don't break the sales process down into step by step by step by step, you'll never teach someone to be a genius. Because like if, if your sales process, let's imagine your sales process is 10 steps, right? Yeah. And, and most people, their sales process is going to be at least five or six. It doesn't matter whether it's long-term or short-term. You got to do things to, to get the process, right? If you're not measuring every single step and your percentages at every single step, then, hey, you're missing a massive, massive number of points there because it's divide to multiply. Break it down, fix each little part, and build it up from there. But also, if I'm training a salesperson and I realize, hey, this guy's doing great at steps one and two, he's missing steps five and six. Yeah. Okay, we just got to train him in steps five and six. We don't have to train him steps one and two. Mm. If this gal's doing phenomenal at steps one and two, but missing steps three, then you know you can break it right down that way. I think that too too few people see sales as a process. They try and see it as a as a fancy schmancy thing. I always develop the science of it first and then the yeah. human of it second. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? And I look, I've shared a similar opinion. I'm a big, big believer in the, in the process of selling, but I also say that, you know, we've got to keep it simple. And us as humans, we complicate it, right? And what you talked about before, you know, the lead in and, and each component, I guess that's absolutely key, right? Is A, knowing your numbers, and then B, having a plan, an action plan to be, to drive and improve on the numbers that you need improved across elements of the, of the process. Remember, remember this though, you want granular numbers. Yep. You don't just want numbers that are overall, you want it granular. You want it broken down into the smallest, easiest, tiniest little part because I, I see people set goals and they set the big goal. You know, yeah. the most important goal is not the annual goal. The most important goal is the hourly goal for a salesperson. Yeah. You know, I see, I, listen, I, I want to get one of my bugbears of salespeople off my chest first and foremost. <laughs> I see salespeople right now hiding behind social media. Yes. They, they use social media as, well, I sent out 20 emails and I, and I, <laughs> I connect, connected with 32 people on LinkedIn. Shut the up. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to know it. I, if you, you got to understand there's, there's short term, medium term and long term sales processes and yep. you need a mix of all three. When you're a genius at the short term, go to the medium term and mm -hmm. add social media and stuff like that. When you're a genius at the short and medium, then go to the long term stuff. But you got to be a genius at short term before you even worry about the second and third phases of yeah. the sales process. Man, I'm so glad you you spoke about that. I had Mike Weinberg um, from the US on the show last week. His new book, Sales Truth, and there is a lot of you know, and there's an interesting stat being measured that you know salespeople. There's about fifty percent of salespeople aren't meeting quota, right? Which is which is huge. Um, and you know, we call it social distraction. People are on social. They're spending time on on social and scrolling and liking and commenting and sending an email and you know having warm and fuzzy conversations and not taking it offline, right? <laughs> And mate, I fucking love the phone. And I say this, I'm not, this is not a phone, you know, phone v, cold calling v, social debate. But if I want to talk to someone 
and I've there's a trigger event, and I know that there's a problem that I could potentially help them with. I'll just pick up. I'll, I'll you know I'll, I might send an email, but you know what? I'll pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. If you haven't if you haven't called every single person you're connected with on LinkedIn, stop connecting with people. <laughs> yes. Well, you, you know what? You love this, Brett. So last year, Royal Commission in Australia, you would remember, you know, it was a big thing. And I'm not going to name yeah, which yeah. bank, but I was, um, you know, the bank that I banked with did something that they shouldn't have, right? And so it was a great trigger event for me to go, well, actually, I could probably help these guys create an ethical sales process. And I was testing a theory because I, there was a huge debate on social that was saying nobody answers the phone. Now, I called the CEO. I've, I used a social intelligence tool that helped me find the number. I called mm-hmm. the CEO of the second biggest bank here at 8.06 a.m. And guess what? He answered the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And my value narrative was probably, I got a bit nervous. I'm not going not gonna to lie. But I spoke to him. Now, the conversation, he got a bit defensive about why am I calling him. But it did lead him to then push me to someone else within his organization for me to talk to right? And we continued the conversation. Now, you're telling me a $21 billion bank, the CEO answers the phone, yet, you know, salespeople are hiding behind that social, that social scene to say, I'll send in mails or I'll send an email versus, you know what, if I actually want to cut through everything, I'll just pick up the phone. Simple. I mean, listen, I, I, I love sales. And I think sales is one of the most amazing parts of the process of business. And sometimes you're selling something that you got to sell every single day. Other times I'm selling companies, corporations, yeah. you know, I, I build a business and I sell it. You know, but every sales scenario is still exactly that, a sales scenario. There's a velocity you got to build. There's mm. a great way you got to do things. And ultimately for me, though, it's knowing that I've done the homework. I've done the, I've broken the process down and I've learned what I've got to do. But, you know, as you said there with that, you got a little nervous. I find salespeople lack in doing homework and, and mm. I can tell if they've done their homework. It's like, okay, show me the dozen questions you're going to ask on this. Yeah. Show me where you've written them down. Absolutely. And when they haven't written down a dozen questions that they're going to ask this prospect, I'm like, well, you haven't done any homework then. <laughs> you cannot get on a sales call without having done homework. Do not knock on my door or come and see me. I had a guy get through to me similar to what you did. He got through to me on a sales call. I don't know how he got through to me, but he got through to me. And he started pitching me something. I said, dude, you've not done your homework, have yeah. you? Well, uh, dude, do you even know how many countries my businesses are in? <laughs> He's like, well, uh, uh, listen, congratulations on getting through, but don't ever do this again. Yeah. Homework is vital, vital. Yeah. But y- you know what, Brad, but that thing, what? see that, that person there, that's an insane, if he's actually got a growth mindset, he'll take that learn from it and the fact that he had the balls to call you up is that he'll if he learns from it and does that research and calls others all of a sudden he's already in front of his competition yeah i mean it's it's so so simple i mean you look at social media today don't use it as a methodology of connecting with me use it as a methodology of learning about my company yeah Use the methodology of learning about the prospect. Get on there. Get on LinkedIn. Go and read what articles have they been posting? What have they been reading about? What have they been doing? You know, check their Insta, check their other things and find out about your prospect. If you use it that way, there's no such thing as cold calling anymore if you're smart. Yeah, absolutely. No such thing. Yeah. You know, it, it, people are like, oh, I'm going to do cold calling. Well, then do some homework and you don't have to do cold calling. It's yeah. pretty simple that way. 
Absolutely. Listen, you know, I, I, I think that the best of the best salespeople are like that gal you mentioned. You know, they're the people that are always wanting to get better in every single aspect of what they're doing. They always want every single little part to be better than the week before. And to me, that's the salesperson that I love teaching. That's the salesperson I love teaching because I, I know they can be doing it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And so I want to ask you, Brad, early, like if you could go back, and I know this is a pretty loaded question, right, but I'm a big believer on the learning component. If you could go back to, you know, earlier in your career and do one thing differently, what would that be? Go faster. Go faster. Can you expand Mm -hmm. on that? You know... Man, go faster. You've grown like so many businesses, man. Like that's insane. Okay, listen, I'm really excited yeah, to hear still, this I, I still held myself back at points because it was like, oh, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing. I'm not sure of, um, you know, I, I sh- it was like there's times when you sit there and you go, shoot, should I go for this or not go for this? And, uh, you know, that to me is where I would have gone faster. I, I think the other thing that, that is part of that is I wouldn't have bootstrapped as much as I did. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I wore it as a badge of honor as a young man that I thought, you know, like I'm, I'm bootstrapping my way through this thing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting through and, and, and I, I don't need to have capital and I don't need partners to bring in money. And I, now I look back and go, how dumb was that? <laughs> you know, I could have gone 10 times faster by going out and finding someone who had a million dollars and said, hey, listen, invest in my company and we'll grow this at this rate rather than that. And that's where, you know, I work with a bunch of young people today. I mean, you, you got to understand these days I get probably every day two or three applications for people who have a company that we should invest in or, or, or do that thing. And most of them haven't thought it through. They just send something in and, you know, we send them back great is our criteria this is what we look for and come back to us when you meet the criteria and you know most of them don't ever come back to us but i know if i had as a young man taken on capital rather than just built it myself i would have got there 10 times faster and you know the arrogance of don't need someone um i don't know if it was arrogance or or just lack of knowledge but you know i i just i didn't bring on the capital and I, i these days, I'm, I'm very fast to bring on capital yeah. when we're building businesses. And, you know. and what age bracket was this? Like, was this 25? Was it 30? You know, when you when you're saying that you you're bootstrapping, oh, all all through my 20s, yeah, all through my 20s, bootstrapping was a thing. I I, I retired from running Action Coach uh, 10 years into the company. I handed it over to my CEO uh, and and basically stepped back and allowed a professional see one of the things that i I learned very young is that i'm good at being a ceo but i'm not great at it i i love i love teaching i love getting on stage i love writing books i love coming up with new conceptual ideas of how to teach and that sort of thing i don't love being a ceo Mm. I, i just don't i don't enjoy that stuff it's like what going through the legal contracts and going through all the financial stuff and all that no 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 so I have yeah. professional CEOs who run the companies. Those guys and gals are great at it. Good, good on them. Fantastic. You love that stuff. I love that you love that stuff because I hate I hate most of that stuff. You know. So I, I I work one hour a week coaching my CEOs and my companies, and that's enough. Yeah, but there's a you know what there's an actual learning there as well, right? It's playing off your strengths. And I often see businesses they'll like they've got a great salesperson and they put them into a sales leadership role. And then all of a sudden, you know, they bomb. And then, then they're getting, yeah. you know, reprimanded for not managing their team properly. 
But I'm like, well, yeah. you know, hey, is that their strength? Is that their desire? Is that, you know, have you given them the training or the coaching or the development to be successful as a leader? You know, like, uh, let's let's be blunt. Most people get to, management became a bad word somewhere in the 90s, by the way. Somewhere mm. in the 90s, we went from, oh, you don't want to be a manager. You want to be a leader. And <laughs> blah, blah, blah. it's like, oh, my God. God, how stupid are you people? You need management skills because management is day-to-day, week-to-week. Management yeah. is about creating competent, productive employees. Leadership is is month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter. Leadership yeah. is about creating passionate, focused employees. Employees don't need leadership on a day-to-day basis. They need yeah, management. People are like, well, you management. don't want to micromanage them. Hang on. Management is about competent, productive employees. If they're incompetent and lacking productivity, they need day-to-day management they need micromanagement so some of them might need hourly management in the beginning Mm. because you just hired this person they don't know what they're doing you've actually got to invest the time and energy into coach them mentor them build them and create someone that actually has the ability to not need management you know that's what you're building you're building the human so that they can do a great job without you now when it comes to management training and i teach this in the book there's a reason why execution is so struggling in most companies because they lack management. I remember as a kid, I think I was about eight or nine, my dad got promoted to assistant state manager at the company he was running and, and he was sent uh, to a 30-day management training course to learn to be a manager. Wow. Now, in this day and age, we send people for 30 minutes training on how to be a manager. And most of that is how to read the handbook to someone and how to turn on and off the security system. Yeah. You know, that's the craziness of it. No, just because, and, and this is the even worse part. If you're the owner of the business, if you're the owner of the business and you are the best salesperson in the company and that's why the company is successful and you give up being the salesperson, yeah. To go and do CEO and you appoint someone average to be salesperson? No. Yeah, you're no. Listen, you're better off to find a professional CEO. CEOs are easier to come by than great salespeople. And you want great salespeople? Hire good, make great. You can't hire great salespeople. Great salespeople already got a job. They're already working some. You want to hire good and train, build, coach great. Yeah. And we all know if they've got the will, we can develop the skill, right? Uh, most of the time, yes. Most yeah. of the time. Every now and again, someone tries to prove me wrong. That <laughs> That's right. You've always got that anomaly. Uh, yeah. Now, this is awesome, man. So, look, I want to ask, in your opinion, is sales an art or a science? Both. Yep. It doesn't have on to that. be one or the other. Yep. Well, the science of sales is pretty simple. The science is follow the process of how somebody buys. The science of behavioral profiling, like the DISC profiling. The science of communication, the visual, auditory, kinesthetic of NLP. The science of these things is something that you can't argue with. You cannot argue with the science of behavioral profiling that shows you this person wants to make Mm. a purchase in a much faster rate with the bare bones of information. They just need the bottom line. Flip it over. You go and see someone who's a high eye who wants yeah. to have the relationship. And unless you actually have lunch with them or dinner with them, they're not going to buy from you because they're a people-oriented, highly outgoing style person. Now, if they're a kinesthetic, they want the touchy-feely. If they're, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, this, yeah, the science is there. Yeah. Now, the art form comes in once all of that stuff just becomes human nature to you. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not It's not where you you, you – 
you can be good. The science of doing homework cannot be yeah. broken down. Absolutely. But you've got to then be able to use that in the moment, human to human. That's where the art form lies. How do you watch the human and learn and interact and get the statements and 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 feel what's going on with that person? That's yeah. That, to me, is where the art form falls into this thing. Absolutely. It's interesting you say that. I say, look, you know, because I'm, I'm, I totally agree with that. You know, there's a science behind you know, the way the sales process, um, you know, we know that certain leads is be called back in a certain time and you can get all that sort of stuff, but the art is actually taking the knowledge that we know and turning it into, you know, executing it and adapting our style. You know, that's why I love Dr. Tony. He talks about, you know, the platinum rule um, and, that, and that takes time to finesse, yeah, and it takes time to practice and that's where I say, that's why I love, you know, I love the sporting analogy is that high-performing athletes they're always practicing you know they don't stop at practicing and that's where i see the the similarities between high performing sales professionals is they you know they they're committed to learning and they're committed to improving their their craft through practice i like you want to be a professional at anything be a professional at yeah. it don't don't you know don't pretend you're professional you know the salesperson i i love it when salespeople don't take their scripts with them to sales meetings anymore and i want to smack them upside the head it's like really you're good enough you don't need the script anymore good read me back to me the exact wording of this yeah you know it's, and yeah it kills me because you wouldn't perform shakespeare making that stuff up off your head. Well, no, I read it in school. I think I got it. <laughs> That's not how you perform yeah. Shakespeare. You practice and a yeah. director stops you and changes your languaging. And if you're not recording your sales and listening to yourself over and over again or getting your coach or your sales manager or some other salespeople to listen to you, if, you know, you got to do these yeah. things. It's amazing, right, Brad? I was with the team the other day and, then, and I'm like um, – you know, we, you know, what, what, what's the script? They're like, we don't use scripts. You know, they really, you know, got that whole. I said, all right, so let's listen to some of your calls. Guess what, man? They had a script. It was just bad, right? It was the customer. They wouldn't let the customer talk. They'd go straight into feature product and and dumping on the customer instead of asking the questions. And I'm like, let's, you know, review, we've now reviewed, you know, ten of your calls, and there's consistency there. Using the same, I'm just calling because blah 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 blah. I'm like, so you've got a script. It's just not working for you. So we need to change it around. So I find it really interesting that you talk about that, you know, and I, um, and I love that. I absolutely love that, man. So, and if, if you, yeah. you know, is, is, has anyone in particular, you know, that's been a real influence on you in your career? Oh, everyone. Yeah. Um, or is there someone you know, that's like, really had that impact, you know? You know, I, I go back to the first real impacts. My dad, yeah. uh, Jim Rohn, E. Yeah. James Rohn. I mean, Jim was, was, probably one of the best there ever was or ever will be. Um, Did you have the opportunity just, to meet him? Yeah, actually, I met Jim twice. Once yeah. uh, I was 16 and I ran down, uh, it was Brisbane City Town Hall, <laughs> ran down after the seminar, got him to sign my notes. And then at uh -huh. 31, I think I was 31, I spoke on stage with Jim. I was like the oh, warm-up back wow. for him. And I got him to read my notes where I was, and he said, I said, Mr. Ron, these are my notes. And he said, oh, it's fantastic, but please call me Jim. I said, yes, Mr. Ron. Um, some <laughs> yeah. people earn that right. Some people earn that right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, there's been a bunch of them, but I'm lucky enough that I, you know, I have 
more than a thousand business coaches on my team and and I look at the value that those guys and gals deliver every day to business people and many of them are far better business coaches than I am because yeah. they work every day at this stuff. They're, they're amazing at it. And so it really is one of those super duper things that I'm privileged to work with some of the best of the best of the best people. Mm. And therefore, uh, you know, my job's pretty dang easy. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, mate, before we wrap up, I mean, you know, and we'll put show notes of where people can buy your latest book, Pulling Profits, and we, we see your photos online and, you know, at different airports with a bunch of Pulling Profit books. And, you know, it's a great read, very simple, broken down into five key steps. And we'll put that out in the show notes. But where else can people, you know, um, find some of your content or engage with you on LinkedIn? Or is there any particular platform that you, you, you want Buddy, to reconnect? I make it easy. I make it easy. Whatever platform you're on, you'll find me. Uh, <laughs> other than, other, other than uh, like Pinterest, I'm not really that crafty. Um, but you'll definitely find me on LinkedIn or Facebook or, or Twitter or, or Insta or any of those. Or they can jump on bradsugars.com or actioncoach.com. But yeah, yeah, you know, I, th- I think start with amazon.com. Buy Amazon. all my books. There's 17 of them suckers. Get them all. All right. Uh, and, and we can go from there. Well, Brad, man, I want to say, like, of uh, you know, you're you're an inspiration to be able to show people like me that's gone from from Australia to the US and have have actually built a global brand. Um, you're the real deal, man. So I want to say thank you for the content you've put out um, to help not just people like me, but thousands of people around the world. Hey, buddy, it's great, and I'm really appreciative of everything you're doing to help salespeople get better. Thanks, man. Bang, bang, bang. Brad, he brought it. And how good was it? What I love about Brad is he started a simple concept in his hometown of Brisbane and turned it into a global empire. Brad is the definition of perseverance. His attitude and mindset have enabled him to grow something that is touching thousands and thousands and having an impact on thousands of thousands of people every single day. So my challenge to you this week is what are you doing to make that impact? What are you doing to take that next step so you can be the best sales professional you can be?